Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Slice by Hurry, the show where the team at Hurry give you marketing insights, hints, and tips that will help you to improve your results right now. I'm Stevie Langford, and in today's podcast, we're going to talk about market targeting and why it pays to differentiate. We also have associated guides, videos, blogs, and infographics that can all be found at www.hurry.co. So here we go. When creating your marketing strategy, it's important to consider which types of market targeting you're going to use. That is, if you're including segmentation and targeting in your strategy, which you don't have to, but if you want to get ahead of your competitors, then you probably should. Now, I'm not talking about different segmentation types, like demographic, geographic, psychographic, or behavioral. No, I'm taking the next step, targeting. I'm talking about your market targeting strategies. So what are they? Essentially, your targeting strategy involves evaluating each segment's attractiveness and, from there, choosing which segment to enter. And a brand's choice tends to be based on which segment they think will bring the company the most value. Establishing your potential customer base and choosing how broadly or narrowly you wish to market to these prospective customers is key to your brand's success. There are generally four types of targeting strategies, and that's what we're going to delve into right now. First, we have undifferentiated market targeting. Often referred to as mass marketing, the undifferentiated strategy basically ignores the differences between the market segments and treats the entire market as one single target. Fundamentally, this strategy involves no targeting at all. Everyone is a potential customer. Let's imagine the entire market as one big cake. The undifferentiated market targeting strategy doesn't take a single slice, half or even three quarters of the treat. It takes the whole thing. The point of mass or undifferentiated marketing is to reach as many people as possible in the hope that they get on board with your brand. One advantage of this approach is that it's cost effective. It's cheaper for brands to manufacture goods and produce content that's targeted to everyone. Hopefully that all makes sense, but everything's clearer with an example. So let's take this one. Mass marketing usually occurs when a brand has a product or service that has a high market appeal. This is most common when it comes to things that people always want or need, like toothpaste, toilet roll, washing up liquid or furniture. Take IKEA, the Swedish-founded multinational retailer. They mostly sell general homeware, kitchen appliances and ready-to-assemble furniture. And I think we can all agree that it's just generally quite a fun place to wander about in. But that's not the main point. The main point is that IKEA wins at undifferentiated marketing because of its huge mass appeal. IKEA are as popular offline as they are online. To put it into perspective, in 2018, IKEA saw 957 million store visits and 2.5 billion web visits. That's impressive, but overall it's not too surprising as the home goods giant has the right price and product for almost every customer. They don't compromise. IKEA have high-end tags and a wide range of styles. Even their simplest, most basic products are still both innovative and affordable. IKEA not only has mass appeal in their products and price, but also in their personality. Because who doesn't love a candid eco-enthusiast? It turns out, IKEA has been eco-minded for some time now. Since 2009, IKEA Group has invested 1.7 billion euros in renewable energy. 
They have even committed to operating 416 off-site wind turbines and have installed around 750,000 solar panels on IKEA buildings globally. But it's not just about the price or style range or environmental mindedness for IKEA, it's also about the experience. For many people, the IKEA day out is a real thing, and it's clear to see why. You can get a great bite to eat, pick up those homeware essentials, whilst also exploring the half-made homes. I mean, it's essentially an adult's playground, and it's the existence of this shared experience and common thought that heavily contributes to IKEA's mass-market appeal and the almost cult-like status of the IKEA day out. Undifferentiated market targeting can be quite appealing to some brands, as it appears a lot less risky than the more segmented, precise forms of targeting. It undoubtedly works for some of the big guys like IKEA, but it's argued that this targeting strategy is on its way out. And that's because brands who mass market run the risk of increased competition and overexposure, but mostly because customers today want to be treated as unique individuals with highly personalised products, content and messages. And that's where the next in our list comes in, differentiated market targeting. Differentiated market targeting offers us a little more depth and clarity. It's otherwise known as segmented marketing, and it entails isolating a number of generally two or more primary target segments that have the most potential value for the company. Once the brand has defined those few targets, the plan is to develop separate marketing strategies for each. This type of market targeting is one of the most common. It makes sense for brands to identify several market segments and then design separate, concentrated strategies for each. This way, companies don't just constantly churn out products that are all the same, with no uniqueness, in the hope that customers will just eat up whatever's offered to them. Segmented market targeting understands that consumers fit into different groups that require and respond well to personalization. Take the iconic sportswear brand Nike, for example. In terms of footwear, they mostly sell trainers, but they wouldn't get very far by simply advertising one simple type. Like most other clothing brands, Nike offer different products for different segments. They love selling trainers, and they love selling trainers to you. But who are you? Are you a runner, a weightlifter, cyclist, gym-goer, golfer, outdoorsy type, or someone who simply loves sports footwear fashion? If you answered yes or even no to any of these options, Nike will have the footwear that you're after. In 2019, Nike produced an annual footwear sale of $22.3 billion. Even with the rise of big brand competitors like Adidas teaming up with global stars and influencers like Kanye West, Nike still remains one of the most dominant players in sneaker fashion. They're able to target a range of segments simply because of their widespread resources and the understanding of their target markets. And, like any successful brand, all of Nike's products are promoted to reach distinct market segments. Unlike mass marketing, segmented targeting gets the benefits of avoiding overexposure to consumers and dodging walls of competitors. Brands that use differentiated targeting are likely to see success that's more consistent than undifferentiated, as their offerings will be more personalised and focused. Consumers will appreciate this, and thus will have more loyalty to the brand that offers them distinctively featured products. Then we get to concentrated marketing. Concentrated marketing is often called niche marketing. If we're keeping with the cake metaphor, concentrated marketing doesn't take the whole cake, half or even quarter slices, it takes one small exact slice which has some kind of specific desired attribute on top, like a piece of chocolate or a nut. Essentially, 
Niche marketing puts all of its focus into one or a few narrow, specific customer groups. Brands channel all of their marketing efforts towards their uniquely defined segment of the population with the aim of owning this particular segment over their competitors. This way, the brand aims to reach its growth potential and create thriving brand loyalty and long-lasting relationships with its ideal customer group. Take Lush, for example. This eco-friendly cosmetics retailer sets itself apart from the competition by seeping its strong, undying, ethical message from every physical and digital pore available. This is clear when looking at their website homepage alone. At least half of their website is dedicated to fighting animal testing, fighting the overuse of plastic packaging, and raising awareness of climate change. And this is exactly how they define and promote their niche. So, whilst concentrated marketing enables brands to streamline their marketing efforts and create unique personalization for their narrow target audience, it doesn't allow brands to totally know and govern those who interact with them and their products. But you know what does? Micro-marketing. Micro-marketing goes just one step further than concentrated marketing. In fact, micro-marketing targets a specific group, known as localised micro-segments. This strategy is highly targeted, as all marketing efforts are focused on the distinct characteristics of these very small groups or individuals. A great example of a brand that successfully uses micro-marketing is Groupon. Groupon is a digital marketplace where users are able to access coupons online for almost anything, from holidays and retail products to sports massages and date nights. Groupon allows users to get location-based deals from almost any digital device. It was launched in 2008, and since then, Groupon has grown to be one of the most popular websites for discounts and promotions in the United States. Yes, the global e-commerce marketplace is a pro when it comes to targeting users incredibly specifically. And let's face it, we all love a treat. And Groupon is really good at fizzling away some of our guilt and justifying our purchases because of those juicy discounts. Not only that, Groupon's hyper-tailored targeting techniques mean that it tracks user activity and tailors content and deals accordingly. And while some disadvantages of micro-marketing are apparent for many brands, like potential difficulty to expand or higher cost per acquisition, the versatility of Groupon's offerings and their highly personalised and customizable discounts lead them to be almost exempt from this digital sterilisation. In 2018, Groupon had over 48 million active users. This is super impressive considering that one of their competitors is the e-commerce giant Amazon. So, for these guys, it really does pay to differentiate. Of course, there are many benefits and drawbacks to each targeting strategy. However, the most important thing is deciding which one is most suitable for your brand. So, before you jump into any old target market, remember these few things. Number one, identify your values and goals. Number two, analyze your data. And number three, look into current and prospective competitors. And then you'll be ready to go. If you like this podcast, then you can subscribe for free via any podcast app or on Spotify. Feel free to share it with a friend if you feel like they might enjoy it. And don't forget, you can find other resources like guides, videos, blogs, and infographics over on our website at www.hurry.co. Thanks for listening.